When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Tell It Abs It Is podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner. College football season is almost here. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. You heard right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what, no strings attached. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odd boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, and located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs. It is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Griffin Youngs, and we are officially in August because news is very few and far between nowadays. The Avalanche newscape has been essentially barren. There's a couple stuff happening around the league, still some stuff still yet to happen, like Jack Eichel, Darnell Nurse signs a ridiculous extension with the Oilers, we'll get into that, how that affects Kale McCarr in all but a little bit, but mainly in this episode, we're going to be looking at the Avalanche's offseason so far, and if there's anything else they can really do here, they've got some cap space, and I think some holes in their forward depth that would be better off being addressed. But this episode's going to end up being pretty short, sweet, and to the point. 
like I said, uh, no news to really talk about with the Avalanche and probably going to end up being that way for the next little while, so this might be the last live update show for the next little while. I've got some things on the back burner right now that I'm going to start to upload over the next few weeks or so, but as for right now, I wanted to talk about the, the Darnell Nurse extension with the Oilers and... In that same vein, Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones, and to an extent, Dougie Hamilton. Because those players have made Kale McCarr go from tied for fourth highest paid defenseman in the NHL, tied with P.K. Subban, to tied for seventh. Because Darnell Nurse just signed an eight-year extension worth 95 as we talked about a few episodes ago, Seth Jones did the same, and Zach Wilrensky signed a six-year deal worth 9.53, I believe. So, the current order as it goes, well, technically this season, McCarr will be tied for fourth with Subban and Dougie Hamilton. Hamilton signed a nine-year deal in New Jersey that'll pay him exactly the same as McCarr, but... Starting not this coming season, but the one after that, when all these extensions kick in, the highest paid defenseman in the NHL list will go Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones, Darnell Nurse, Roman Yossi, and then the three-way tie between Makar, Subban, and Hamilton. Makar has not even played a game of his new contract, and we already got a steal. Can you imagine if we waited to sign Makar? And the Seth Jones signing breaks, and you've got Wolrensky making 9.5, and Nurse making 9.5, and I imagine Kale might be making a little more on his next deal. And the, the, the argument I always hear is, well, they bought, they bought UFA years, so therefore they're going to get paid more. Well, there's also just the, the matter that Kale McCarr is better than all of those players, and Seth Jones is not that good. Uh, Zach Wierenski is really good. I don't know if he's worth 9.5. And Darnell Nurse, I just, I don't, I don't know what Ken Holland is doing with the Oilers. I don't, I don't know how that number even comes up and how Ken Holland doesn't just break off negotiations at that point. Darnell Nurse is a great player. However, to give that man... $9.5 million over the next nine years, essentially, for a guy who's a great offensive defenseman and defensively is a nightmare. I The, the argument is, well, that's the going rate for top-pair defensemen. Okay, well, the going rate for top-pair defensemen stinks, and you shouldn't just be making that mistake for your team because other teams are doing it. I can't believe... Teams saw the Seth Jones contract and went, huh, you know what we need? We need one of those on our team. We need a, a contract that might just completely screw ourselves over the next nine years. How does Darnell Nurse make more than Leon Dreisaitl? How does he even have the gall to ask for that? How does that even happen? Leon Dreisaitl makes 8.5, oh, I'm sorry, Nurse does not make 9.5, he makes 9.25, so he's paid less than Jones and less than Wierenski, but still more than Makar, but still, he's making 750k more 
than Leon Dreisaitl does on the Oilers. And again, Nurse is a, is a great player. He's a great offensive defenseman, but his defensive metrics are a disaster, and they've been a disaster his entire career. I mean, the fact that this contract is a penny more than $8 million is, is crazy. I, I, $8 million might be a lot for Nurse. So thank God the Avalanche had the foresight to go out and sign Makar when they did, because I, I know, oh, UFA years, and, well, Makar's purely RFA years, they bought one UFA year, I really don't think that should matter all that much, especially when it comes to Nurse and Jones, because you, you don't pay those guys that kind of money, you, you really just don't, you're really just screwing yourselves over at that point, when it comes to Makar, like I said, this contract is already a steal, and he hasn't even played a game with it yet, because we're probably going to see other players signing for more over the next... Like, this is probably going to turn into, like, a like a mckinnon light contract. It's not going to be McKinnon literally the best contract in the league, no matter what. It's probably going to be, like, how how is Kale only making nine million... Like, imagine three years down the line, the cap bumps up a little bit and you've got Seth Jones making nine and a half. I mean, who are, who are even some of the other defensemen that are going to be hitting the market over the next little while next year? I, isn't Adam Fox up next year? I mean, if his agent is smart, though, they will get some money for Adam Fox. And who's up after next season? I have to find the, the UFA. I just thought of this now, but yeah, Fox and McAvoy are going to be up next year. The Bruins are going to have to to back up the money truck for McAvoy next season. I wouldn't be surprised if McAvoy is, is deeply ingrained into the Norris conversation next year. John Klingberg is going to be up. There's going to there's gonna be some defensemen getting paid next year, and McCarr is only going to drop deeper and deeper onto that list. I mean... After this season ended, like I was seriously prepared for Makar to be making $10 million for the next eight years and be one of the highest paid defensemen in the NHL. And he signed, and he just signed below Roman Yossi to be the fourth highest paid guy tied with Subban. And by the time next season starts, or the season after next season starts, he's already going to be down to seventh. He's going to be tied with Dougie Ham. Like, that's just, that's crazy to me. McCarr is, al- is already worth more than that if we're looking at the going rate for top pair defensemen. How does Darnell Nurse get 9.25? Like, how, is, how does Ken Holland have a job, man? Like, you can't do, like, he needs to be stopped. He's He has destroyed the Oilers. You want to talk about teams who had a, disastrous offseason. The Edmonton Oilers stink. Sure, they made some all-right moves, and they're probably going to make the playoffs, but somehow Edmonton took their already terrible defense and made it infinitely worse. Nurse, Barry, on the top pair, uh, somehow Nurse is the better defenseman on that pairing. Again, two great offensive defensemen. He, I I love Tyson Berry. Avalanche Nation loves Tyson Berry, but that guy, he doesn't play defense. Everyone knows that. Your, their second pair, 
Duncan Keith and Cody Cece. How does that happen? They I, I forgot they did this. They signed Cody Cece to a four-year contract worth $3.25 million. What is wrong with them? And they traded away Ethan Bear. Granted for Warren Fogle, who's a who's a decent player, but what? Like what what has what have they done? And they're running back Mike Smith and Koskinen next year. For the third straight year. They're they're going to be starting next season with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. How like how does anyone here have a job? How, like all the power to Connor McDavid for not just snapping and wanting to murder everyone in that management office. They got him Zach Hyman to play on his wing. They also signed him to seven years at 29 years old. Probably for the first few years of that deal, he's going to be great. But he's got a full no-movement clause, and he's going to be there until 2028 when he's going to be 36 years old. Oh, man, Edmonton, what have you done? Like, part of the hype around the Oilers this offseason was that they had cap space for the first time, and it was immediately spent on Zach Hyman, Warren Fogle, re-signing Tyson Berry, getting the full contract of Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, and doing absolutely nothing about their goaltending. I, I, can't, I can't believe what I'm looking at looking at their depth chart on cap friendly. I legitimately cannot believe they somehow made the team worse. I don't understand how that's even possible. I I praise the Lord every day that Joe Sackick runs my hockey team and not Ken Holland. Oh my god. Like this this is such a disaster. Like you just look at their their cap situation. This is such a disaster. Like, they're probably still going to make the playoffs because the Pacific sucks, but, like, this team should be the Stanley Cup favorite every year. You have McDavid and Dreisaitl. Do you understand how hard it is to build a team that's just middle of the road when you have two of the top point scorers in the NHL? Like, oh my god, how hard is this to just put a competent team out onto the ice? I I genuinely can't believe it. And the nurse contract, again, solid player, but 9.25 for eight years? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why? Why would you do that? Like, it just... It just doesn't make any sense. Like, what? why? What has nurse done to get a 9.25 max deal i i just don't understand what the oilers are doing and again it just makes the mccarr contract already look that much better we don't have to worry about mccarr and what he's gonna make for six years i mean he's gonna get paid when that contract is up but that is a problem six years down the line kale mccarr is gonna hit the market before seth jones darnell nurse and Zach Wierenski, which is incredible. Like, how? I, I can't believe that these contracts have been signed. And Makar is 
McCarr, and he's going to be amazing, probably win a couple Norrises, and be worth every cent of that contract. But transitioning a bit here towards the Avalanche, they haven't made any moves, but they still have the cap space to do so, and some of the guys that I personally was targeting have gone off of the board. Tomas Tatar signs with the New Jersey Devils on a two-year deal, and Marcus Johansson signs with the Seattle Kraken. Now, Tatar was a bit more of a pipe dream from two weeks ago. There, there, was, there was no way we were going to sign him after the Ryan Murray signing, and even before then, it might have been pretty right up against it. But he signs with the Devils for two years at $4.5 million per. Honestly, the Devils have had a pretty solid offseason. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs next year, but, I mean, they obviously traded four graves from us, signed Dougie Hamilton, and then add Tomas Tatar. I mean, the East looks pretty decent next year. I mean, if you put if you put the Devils in the Pacific Division, they might make the playoffs. But in the Metro, they might not even finish, like, top five. I mean, they're they're not that good. Their offense is very young and has a lot of growing to do. But Tatar will be a nice addition to that. Defense honestly looks pretty good now. Hamilton and Ty Smith, Graves, Subban, Siegenthaler, and Severson. Pretty good. Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier, not bad. I mean, if Jack Hughes takes a big step next year, like Yanni Kulkinen... Igor Sharandovich, like all young guys, if their offense takes a step forward next year, the Devils could be decent. Again, don't know about the playoffs, but could be kind of decent. Not an easy out every single night like they've been the last couple years, but I'd say that really depends more on their offense. But anyway, Tatar signs with them for two years, taking him off the Avalanche's board. And then the other guy I was kind of hoping we would target, Marcus Johansson signs with the Seattle Kraken for one year at $1.5 million. Not going to be too broken up about this just because Johansson deals with a lot of injuries, but I would have liked him just as a guy that you can move up and down the lineup with very little problems. Also, I'm kind of attached to him from his time in Washington, but... He signs for one year, and I just gotta say on Seattle, do they not just look so bland? Like, this this team just looks so uncreative. Like, when Vegas drafted their team, we didn't think it was very good. Honestly, I would say that this Seattle team looks better going into the season on paper than Vegas did going into their first year, but Vegas also had, like, 50 draft picks from expansion draft and just was a lot they were a lot more creative than Seattle is I mean Seattle what did they get they got like a few draft picks they got a fourth in this year's draft that we traded a fourth to them in next year's draft or 2023 for Curtis McDermott and they got a second from Washington for getting Vitek Vanacek back and just this roster just looks so bland and boring. Like, it just, their plan was to save cap space and take nobodies from the Flyers and the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks and just sign guys in free agency. Like, just so boring. And Grubauer fell into their lap, as they said. But, again, 
I wouldn't be surprised if this team made the playoffs, but their, their center depth is terrible. Their wings look all right, honestly. Uh, the defense, honestly, not bad. Looks kind of good. Giordano, Larson, Alexiak, Dunn, Susie, Flurry. In goal, they've got Grubauer and Drieger. I mean, they might be pretty good, but just... I don't really see them doing a ton. Like, they might make the playoffs, but it just... This was their plan? Like, do you get what I'm saying when this just this just looks so boring? Like, no deals, no trades. They didn't make any, like, side deals because they set their prices too high. And they signed, like, what, four, five guys in free agency and... They've still got plenty of room left. What do they got? Like about $10 million left in cap. But just like you you saved money by just picking nobodies from certain teams to sign Alex Wenberg to $4.5 million for three years after he had one good season in Florida with an unsustainable shooting percentage. Like, I don't understand that. Like, just... I don't really think Ron Francis is the right guy to run an expansion team. He's just, from his time in Carolina, he was just such a, a laissez-faire GM. He just, he doesn't really do much. He doesn't really make a ton of trades. He just kind of lets stuff happen and doesn't really make deals unless he is absolutely forced to. And like even you just you look at his trade history, it's it's very bland. Even going back to his time in Carolina, like you've got your just Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Scott Darling. They traded Ron Hainsey. Uh, I mean, he got Tavo Teravainen, which was in 2016, and just unremarkable and for to run an expansion team I just think you need a GM that's a little more creative like George McPhee was with Vegas like only time will tell how this roster will age I think they'll be fine this season but I also just don't see a lot of a lot of room for growth here like they just seem like they're pretty dead set on being stagnant for the next little while which I mean for an expansion team by those standards is fine but I, get, I just don't know if Francis is the right was the right hire here. Just looking back at his history, just a very... Doesn't really do much GM. And I don't know. I don't really know if he was the right guy to, to run the team here. But anyway, they get Johansson, who I kind of wanted on the Avs. And are there even any options left for the Avs at this point? I mean... My thinking is if they if they wanted a guy, they probably would have gotten him by now. There's always time and there's always PTOs that can be handed out later, but we're at August 9th at this point. And they can get guys. I mean, they have over $2 million in cap space. They can sign a guy to a million bucks and have plenty of room to maneuver for the rest of the season, even at the deadline, but... Who would that even be at this point? I've talked about Ryan Donato in the past, a young guy who might be worth taking a shot on. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk. I'm surprised Galchenyuk does not have a deal. He was pretty good with Toronto. I don't I don't understand why all of a sudden teams are just avoiding him like the plague and won't even give him a one-year deal, or maybe that's not what he wants. But I wouldn't be opposed to Galchenyuk as just a guy that can maybe plug in 
to that left wing spot. He can also play any position, but he can plug into that left wing spot on the second line, move up and down, maybe play fourth line minutes as well. Just to, just options. Like my problem with the way the offense looks right now is that one injury can can send this thing tumbling down. I think they just they just need more bodies. There's a lot of uncertainty here. Obviously, like ignore even the top line getting hurt. Like just imagine if like. Nachushkin gets hurt. You're going to have Mikhail Maltsev probably playing top nine minutes, and then you're going to probably have to call up Sampo Ranta and maybe have Kiefer Sherwood at that point playing regular NHL minutes. And I just, I don't entirely buy that as a solid idea. Like, you see teams in the playoffs, and a lot of the times, playoffs are just a grind fest, and the teams that have depth, like, just guys they can plug in when injuries strike, and they inevitably do, are the teams that go far. And I think you just need another body here, whether it is Donato or Gauchenyuk or a Dominic Cahoon, or is Alex Chason still available? I don't see his name on the board, but I don't recall Chason ever getting signed. Am I crazy? I don't recall Chason going anywhere, but if he's still available, I wouldn't be opposed to him either. But... No, he's not signed. I don't know why he's not showing up on the board, but maybe I'm just looking at the wrong thing. But Donato, Galchenya, Cahoon, Chason. I mean, there there are guys that you can sign just to just to fill spots here. Or maybe you just go ahead and trust your guys internally. Maybe you play Martin Kaut more regularly. You give him some NHL time. Maybe you see what Sampo Ranta's got. Dylan Sakura, you signed him. I, we'll see if Shane Bowers is even going to be anything. Like there's, it's a it's a make or break year for a couple guys on this team. Like for Cout Bowers especially, and I don't know. Maybe you trust them and you don't block their way with more NHL signings, but they're going to have to prove that in training camp. And I don't think there's too much thing is too much competition. And when it comes to a guy like. Donato or Galchenyuk or Cahoon, like, yeah, they're established NHL players, but, like, they're by no means guys that should just be completely safe and have guaranteed roster spots. Or maybe maybe you don't sign higher-profile guys like that. Maybe you sign a, I don't know, maybe you sign a Marcus Sorensen or a Jimmy VC, like, fringe guys, but that just give you just a little bit of depth, just a little bit, just when injuries strike, and they're going to strike. It's an 82-game season, and when you get to the playoffs, it's going to get worse. Injuries are going to strike, and just my worry with this team is that if injuries start to strike, I, I'm not sure their depth is going to be able to sustain, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but the lineup I've built here has Alex Newhook playing on the second line on the left wing, and I think you just need another option there. If it, like, I don't, is it going to be Nachushkin and you play Newhook on the third on the third line? Like, you, I think you just need another body in here. If it's if it's not just just one more guy. And again, these guys like like the guys I've mentioned a million times: Donato, Galchenyuk, Cahoon, Chason. They're guys that shouldn't cost a lot of money, and they're just very low risk established guys. Like even a Colton Sevier or a Toby Reeder, like, they're just guys that can give this team a little more 
depth, which I think they need here. And again, I wouldn't say it's like a failure if they don't sign anyone. And they if they go in the training camp with this roster, they'll be completely fine. But I think they're just setting themselves up to be a little more vulnerable than they have to be to injuries. I mean, every team in the NHL is vulnerable to injuries. Every team in sports is vulnerable to injuries. You, you can lose your entire top six any given season. Like, there's no guarantees when it comes to players staying healthy. But you can do what you can to protect yourself from that happening. And it's not like we're out of cap room here. We've got $2 million to play with here and $2 million to sign guys with. And as we saw last season, we neglected our depth goaltending and it immediately screwed us for most of the season. Francois was out the entire year and we immediately had to turn to Hunter Miska and that was a disaster. We had to spend assets twice in order to get a third goalie between Jojo and Dubnik. And while I don't think that's going to be as big of a problem this year, I'm looking at the offense now, and especially down the wings, that you just need another you need another guy. You need a little more protection. Like, even if just something as... Even if JT Comfer goes down... Yeah, that's an easier role to fill. You've got O'Connor that can plug in there, but you're already looking at Kaut coming back in, which is fine, but you're also looking at also a Sherwood getting closer and closer to playing. Like, injuries can start to pile up big, and even one seemingly as inconsequential as Kompfer can really start to add up after a little bit. Like, just, I think the ideal scenario is you get a guy that you can Put in your top six. Galchenyuk has shown that he has that kind of skill, that he can play in a top six. He did an all right job in Toronto. And Cahoon, to an extent, did a little bit in Edmonton. I'm fairly certain he played with Dreisaitl for most of the season. Like, they're guys that have experience playing in top six with talented players. And I'm not saying that you should sign them specifically for that purpose. But if Newhook is struggling or there's an injury, God forbid, they are guys that can be options for that spot. I just don't think we have a lot of options for our top six outside of the guys we have. And I'm I'm not totally sold that Newhook is even one yet. I love the guy, and he's going to be. But I don't know if that's going to be this coming season. I mean, he's 20 years old. Has he played nine games? And more than half of them were in the playoffs. Like, I, it's a, it's definitely a jump to go from extremely sheltered roles to you are now in the top six. Good luck. Don't drown. Like, I just, you need another guy. And maybe he's perfectly ready. But it just doesn't hurt to have another body that you can plug in there. And maybe Nachushkin's that guy. I mean, when Nachushkin's hot... He's rolling, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop Nuke. But he also goes cold from time to time. That's why he's not a consistent top six player. I mean, his defensive impacts alone should have him plugged into a top six, but just his offense craters so often, and he just isn't able to find the back of the net consistently enough to get himself a top six slot. That's why he didn't ultimately make it in Dallas, and he turned it around here, but there's a reason he is pretty stuck on that third line. It's not because he's not good, 
but because that's just the kind of player he is. So plugging him onto the second line, eh, I mean, it could work, but I again, Nachushkin and Jost is a is a pairing that I really like from last season, and I have no problem sticking that together on the third. The third line is great. Nachushkin Jost Comfer is a great third line, especially if Comfer bounces back. But there's just a little the little bit of a hole on the wings, especially with the second line. Maybe Newhook can be that guy. But a Gauchenyuk, a Cahoon, I don't know about a Donato, but could be a possibility. I think Gauchenyuk could be a good fit here. I can't imagine he's asking for that much money. He made just above a million last year, and he's still unsigned. And to come and play for the Avalanche, I mean, the Avalanche, they I think they get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt sometimes just with being such a good cup-contending team. I think you can get Gouch for like a million dollars on a one-year, another prove-it deal, which he just seems to, to get every single year at this point. But if you get that offer from the Avalanche and you're Gauchenyuk, that it's pretty hard to to turn that down if you're him. And again, I don't hate that. Again, you don't sign him specifically for that second line role. I think you start with Newhook next season there. But like again, what happens if Newhook doesn't work there? You gonna plug Nachushkin there? You gonna plug Maltsev there? Comfer? Like you can. I don't know how well any of that will work out. I mean, even Galchenyuk, I can't tell you how much that would work out, but it's just another option, which I think they ultimately need. But outside of that, not a whole lot going on with the Avs. Like I said, this episode pretty short, sweet, and to the point. I've got some other things coming up on the back burner, some interviews, some other kinds of shows on the horizon. But as for today, that's going to do it for this edition of the Tell It Avs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I've been your host, Griffin Youngs. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will catch you all next time. Have a great week.